0: You're listening to the Daily Missioner Podcast with Benedict. We closed yesterday on the third Mishnah in chapter two, which was dealing with funds which were collected and then left over. And of course, this is a classic problem of anybody who's running a communal institution. What are we going to do? With leftover funds, how are we going to apply those funds? And we'll see that the Mishnah is going to elaborate these questions in quite some detail. And maybe this is an answer as to whether whether they were collecting the half shekel after the destruction of the temple, and, and perhaps what the interest is of Rabbi Judah HaNasi in in giving us such detailed information about this process if it did stop when the temple was destroyed, because. There are, there are obvious parallels, obvious carryovers with practices that went on, you know, that go on right up to the present day. But just to remind you, the Mishnah that we closed with yesterday was about someone who's gathering up coins and who said, look, these are for my shekel. My, and by that, by of course, he means his half shekel. And it turns out when he buys his half shekel, he's got some left over. And Beit Hillel says that what is left over is not sacred. He can do whatever he likes with it. But if it's for a sin offering, if he's gathering money for a sin offering, Beit Hillel agree and Beit Shammai agree too that the surplus is holy. The surplus can only be used, for example, for another sin offering or for a for a free will offering. So there seems to be something different, some difference between the sin offering or the collection for the sin offering and the collection for the half shekel. What's left over from the half shekel can be recycled at anything we like. But what's left over from the sin offering has to be recycled into another offering. And Rabbi Shimon asked the question in Mishnah 4 in the first mission we're going to deal with today. Ama Rabbi Shimon. ma? what's the difference between the shekels and the sin offering what difference does it make in one case that we can recycle the surplus into whatever we like and in the other case we can't and he answers his own question shekels have a fixed value so when you're collecting coins for a shekel you're collecting it for a fixed purpose and anything left over is is just not holy it's got nothing it, it, it's nothing to do with the, the original purpose the implication being that a hatat a sin offering of course can not have any value um, any value at all and we'll explore this in a minute but when rabbi shimon says shekels have a fixed value rabbi Yudah comes in immediately to dispute this and he comes in with a bit of historical information, which is really precious, absolutely precious. Rabbi Yudomer, Af, lishkalim ein lahen shekels don't have fixed value. Shalu Yisrael minagula hayu When Israel came out of the diaspora, this is the, the Babylonian diaspora, they used to pay it in darik in dariks in darikonim. Dar- Dar- Those were worth four shekel, by the way. And by the way, they give half a darik. So when Rabbi Yudah is talking about a coin, he means half a coin. Okay, he always means half a coin. They, anyway, they used to pay um, it in dharaks. Uh, and then they paid him in cellars. A cellar is about two shekels. And then they paid it in teva'en. They They're about one shekel. And finally, uvi the dinarim and they wanted to pay in dinars. Now a dinar is actually half a shekel. So if you pay half a dinar you only paid a quarter of a shekel and the Jerusalem Talmud has a version of of this Mishnah which says they wanted to pay in dinars and the sages would not let them do it. We'll come back and that is how the Rambam rules actually. But let's come back to Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon asked what the difference is between shekels and sin offerings, and he thinks that shekels have got a fixed value. And then he says, Look, sin offerings are different. Amar Rabbi Shimon, Yad The thing is, I agree with you, Rabbi Yuda, that at different periods in history the shekel had a different value. I agree with you that it had a different value at a different time. So, yeah, there was a time when people used to pay in directs. But he says, Everybody paid the same amount. And that's essentially what we learned from the Pesukim. The rich doesn't, don't pay more and the poor don't pay less. It's a, it's a poll tax. Yad Kulan Shave is what Rabbi Shimon says everybody's equal. Aval But a sin offering that's very variable you know someone could buy a sin offering for one seller for another two for another three in other words when you collect money for a sin offering you're collecting something for an object which doesn't really have a fixed price so that is the difference between the seller between the shekel and the sin offering and the Rabbah makes clear by the way this is Hilchot Shkalim, um halacha five in chapter one he says look the mitzvah of giving half a shekel you give in matbeah shel or hazman you give it in whatever is current at the time um, or even if that coin is larger than the shekel used in the sanctuary and he makes clear by the way that we should never give less than the half shekel and that's why of course the dinar was knocked out and he says um, the, the Rambam by the way in his code um, defines all the biblical uh, coins in terms of their weight in barley coins And so the half shekel in the time of our teacher Moses was 160 barley corns. That's a a little historical throwaway. So what what do we get if we've agreed then that we can give away the surplus of a shekel? What about other surpluses? What about other surpluses? And here we get a sense that the Mishnah is interested in Things which are happening on a day to day basis. We said the surplus of shekels is non sacred. Mota Asirata The surplus of the tenth of the afar that's a poor man's khatat and bird offerings of Zavim and bird offerings of Zavot. Motar Zavin, Zavot, Kine Yoldot. Bird offerings of women who've given birth, Ashemot, and sin offerings and guilt offerings, you we turn the surplus into free will offerings. Ashma There's a general rule here. Look, anything we, we build up for a sin offering or for a guilt offering, the surplus is for a free for a free will offering. And then there's a list: motar olal olal, the surplus of a burnt offering for a burnt offering; motar uh, minchal minchal, the surplus of a meal offering for a meal offering. Motah shlamim, lashlamim, the surplus of a peace offering for a peace offering. Muta pesach li the surplus of pesach for shlamim. We learned when we looked at the Mishnayim of Achim that a pesach and pesachim and shlamim are, are very similar in how they're treated. And of course, you can only bring the pesach once, right? You, if you got surplus from your pesach, you can't bring your pesach again because you've missed the date. I think you have to give it for something else. So, Mota Pesach Shlamin, surplus of a Pesach for a for a, for a, a, a whole offering. Mota Nazirim, Nazirim, if you're collecting money for Nazirim, for their Nazir offerings, you give them to Nazirites. Motel Nazir, leftovers from something you collected for a particular Nazir. La that is a free will offering. We'll see this pattern repeat. la you collect for poor people, the surplus goes to poor people. you collect for a certain poor person, la to that particular poor person. you collect ransom you collect money to ransom captives, it goes to ransom other captives. Motar shavui, leftovers from ransoming one captive. Le or they go to that captive. Motarame team la team If you collect money to bury dead people, this is people who maybe you know their estate didn't leave enough funds to bury them. So we're collecting money to bury them. Motaraha team la team If you if you got surplus left over, you apply it to burying other dead people. But along the same lines, Motaraha mate. You collect for a single dead person, the surplus goes to his descendants, to his inheritors, sorry. Rabbi Meir is not sure about this. I mean, there's something slightly there's something slightly shameful about having to have tzedakah collected for your burial. And that is why Rabbi Meir wants to put the money. He, Rabbi Meir is not sure what to do with the money. Rabbi Natan says we build a monument for him on his grave. A nefesh in this sense is a monument. So there might be something a little bit shameful in having Sadaqah collected to bury you but according to Rabbi Natan we're going to effectively redeploy that in putting up a nice monument on your grave. And Rabban, um, R- Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel is going to have something to say about that. And I wanted to close today with Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. We're in the Jerusalem Talmud now. So the Jerusalem Talmud, the Palestinian Talmud, is going to quote Rabbi Nasan, who wants to build a monument. Tani Bashem, Rabbi Nasan. Motar ha-metiv nelonefesh al kivro. If there's a surplus from a dead person, we build a monument on his grave. Ve yasel ziluf al gabe We make him a nice perfume over his bed. But Raban Shimon ben Gamliel, there. Raban Shimon ben Gamliel objects. Ein osim nefashot Latzadikim. We don't. Build monuments for tzadikim. Tzadikim don't need physical monuments. Divrei hen hen zichronam. Their words are their remembrance. Their words are their remembrance. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.